Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. At your convenience at KCAARadio.com. That's KCAARadio.com. This is KCAA. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. AP News, I'm Tim McGuire. The top Capitol Police watchdog tells the Congressional Committee the attack on the Capitol in January exposed the need for a cultural change within the Capitol Police Department. Inspector General Michael Bolton says there's also a need for more training, including intelligence training. I've never saw a intelligence document that's going to say, this is exactly what's going to happen on this date, and here's where it is going to be. It's always something that you have to read in between the lines, disseminate, and you have to have trained professional analysts to be able to do that. The body cam video of a Chicago police officer shooting and killing 13-year-old Adam Toledo last month is made public. Adina Weiss-Ortiz, a Toledo family lawyer, says the young teen dropped the gun he was holding before he was shot. If he asked him to toss it and show his hands and the kid complies then you shouldn't be shot. The police review board also released footage from other body cams, third-party videos, two audio recordings of 911 calls, and six audio recordings from ShotSpotter, the technology that alerted police to the gunshots in the area and led officers to respond. San Antonio's airport placed on lockdown this afternoon after reported police-involved shooting, but authorities said there was no active threat to the public. San Antonio Police Department said the airport was locked down as a precaution. Police said on Twitter that no other injuries were reported. The Biden administration is expelling 10 Russian diplomats and imposing sanctions against dozens of companies and people, holding the Kremlin accountable for interference in last year's presidential election and the cyber hacking of federal agencies. President Biden telling reporters, We cannot allow foreign power to interfere in our democratic process with impunity. And I told them if it turned out that the invest, as I thought, that there was engagement in our elections, that I would, I'd respond. Russia promises a retaliatory response. This is AP News. 2020 was a challenging year, but things are looking up, including the stock market's performance. But will it last? Hi, I'm Ken Moray, Senior Advisor at Retirement Planners of America. If you are 50 or older, call us today to schedule a free consultation to learn more about our invest and protect strategy that is designed to help mitigate the risk of the stock market. Call us today at 800-375-1159 to schedule your free assessment. That's 800-375-1159. 
Guys, guys, we need to clear a path here. Indeed knows unexpected employee turnover can stall your business. John. Like at Chris's logistics company, to avoid things grinding to a halt, he needs to get started hiring right, right away. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. And the moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get a $75 credit for your first sponsored job post. Terms and conditions apply. No matter what kind of car you drive, we have an insurance policy that's right for you. Need to insure your family minivan? We've got you covered. Need insurance for that new sports car you finally got? We've got you covered. Have an old beater that just won't quit? We've got you covered. Or maybe you hit the lottery and want to insure all your new cars. We've got you covered. Call Auto Insurance for Less to find out how much you can save right now. All it takes is just one call. Answer a few questions and before you know it, we've We've got got you covered. covered. Call 1-800-834-9455. That's 1-800-834-9455. Auto Insurance. You want it, you need it, and we've got it. Call Auto Insurance for Less to find out how much you can save today. Better coverage at a better price is just a phone call away. Call 1-800-834-9455. That's 1-800-834-9455. It's time to say see you later, alligator, to embarrassing and troublesome issues with your skin, nails, and hair with all-natural Cayman Alligator Oil. Cayman Oil is locally made, right in Louisiana, where people have been using alligator oil for centuries to treat all kinds of ailments. A drop a day of Cayman Oil can help you say, see you later, alligator, to athlete's foot, nail fungus, acne, eczema, rashes, dry skin, cuts, infections, MRSA, scars, burns, sunburns, and even ingrown hair and dandruff. If you or someone you know is tired of suffering with any of these skin, nail, and hair troubles, you need to visit mycayman.com to learn more about 100% natural, non-toxic, hypoallergenic cayman oil and get a bottle today. Say, see you later, alligator, with cayman alligator oil at mycayman.com. That's mycayman.com. Mycayman.com. The caring staff at Mac Flavor Ingredients reminds everyone to please take the opportunity to give blood. By doing so, you may save the life of a friend, child, elderly person, surgery patient, or an accident victim. So give blood. It's safe, simple, and saves lives. This important reminder is a courtesy of Mac Flavor Ingredients in Riverside, where they care about the safety and welfare of our community. Be a silent hero, and if you can, give the gift of life. Give blood. I always hear from our clients who hired another firm that they wish they'd hired DNA Financial first. Don't have regrets about your IRS tax case. Just hire the best in the first place. One owed 150000 to the IRS and had spent thousands on another firm. We stopped the levies, negotiated a payment plan, and had their penalties forgiven. And while every case is different, we guarantee that we'll find your perfect resolution and get it done right. For a free consultation, call us at 866-201-0156. That's 866-201-0156. Then you can say, DNA, DNA did, did right, right by me. me. Welcome to Smart Health Talk with your host, Elaine McFadden. Take a walk on the wild side Will the birds and the bees survive? Right before me, my newfound hippie side once ignored these 
everyone. This is KCAA Radio, and you're listening to Smart Health Talk Radio Show, and I'm your host, Elaine McFadden, and I want to thank you so much for joining us. I hope you're going to stick with us for the whole hour. We promise that you'll probably learn something new that could actually change your life for the better, and maybe even save your life, because that's what we're all about right here, is saving lives with good information, the kind of information you're not getting by watching uh, normal television. Um, this is like this kind of stuff that they really don't want you to know, or we will expose things on this show that maybe um, mainstream TV has, you know, that, that company is a big sponsor and don't want to say anything bad. So it is amazing how much of our television is filtered. I can't remember if I reported last week that uh, during the insurrection, uh, Fox News wasn't even showing any shots from inside of the Capitol and all the violence that was happening there. They were painting this whole other picture than the other channels that were showing real life what was happening and the violence that was happening. So, you know, Fox listeners out there, you know, the news is being filtered. You're being lied to. There's no doubt about that making up all kinds of stuff because we have to have someone to hate. That, that's the whole thing with that model. And guess what? It's the same thing, the same model that Hitler used. Yeah, spreading lies, propaganda. I mean, the playbook that Trump used is like verbatim what Hitler used. Um, but the thing is, we have to be smarter than that. And that's why you listen to Smart Health Talk. Because we're going to make sure that when you're watching something and it's misinforming you, that you're going to be watching that and saying, hey, wait a minute, Elaine told me about that. This isn't the truth. And that is very empowering. We have people trying to take advantage of us right and left, giving us false information because it's to their advantage, not ours not our family, not our lives. And that's why, you know, you, you can't trust everything you hear. You have to go and do the research yourself. And I highly recommend that when it comes to, to chemicals and pesticides and bad things like that, when you type the name in, the word, always type risk after it. You want to know the risk. Because the company that makes these things, even though that they're toxic, they play themselves up to be like 
oh, we're safe, we're hunky-dory, but we're going to actually be going through some things in the news. We're also going to be talking about how to be, how to be safe when you buy a house. If you're looking in the market for a house, there's things that can happen after you buy the house that could be putting your family at risk. And we're also going to be talking about some of the things happening locally and you know, it's that time. It's springtime. So we need to start thinking about planting plants. And if you have an apartment and you're listening to this and thinking, oh, well, that doesn't include me. If you have a little balcony or even just a window, you can actually be planting native plants, especially if you have a balcony. We've had people plant native plants uh, without grown without pesticides on their balcony and witnessed incredible things come and visit their balcony once they put those plants there. It can be very exciting and rewarding uh, to see these incredible birds and insects come and visit your balcony. It doesn't take that much effort. Many native plants are not high maintenance like a, a petunia. Uh, these other plants that we're buying that are not non-natives, they are more drought resistant and don't need as much care. It's not like a high maintenance girlfriend, okay, like these other plants, right? Okay, we have a number of topics we want to talk about. We have a guest on the line today, Christine Lampy, um, someone that I have a lot of respect for that is extreme, extreme wide knowledge about a lot of different things, but especially when it comes to plants and gardening. And she's going to give us tips that are going to help put us on the path to having an incredible summer. And maybe even you can grow some of your own food. And you can start creating a park in your yard. Now, I know I probably just blew you away with that. You're like, what, Elaine? My, my yard can be a park? Yes. And in that park, it will allow kids to start to explore nature again, the way it's supposed to be. Okay, let's not, let's go ahead and get, welcome Christine to the show and get the conversation going. Hey, hi. Hi, Christine. Welcome to Smart Health Talk. Oh, thank you. So tell thank us a little you. bit about yourself and like, and your background. Oh, well, um, I have a degree in biological sciences with, uh, um, I've worked towards the master's, um, but I didn't quite finish the thesis on that, on fish, freshwater fisheries. I have a degree in secondary, that's no, not called, a certif certification in secondary education. So I've taught high school biology. I've gone through the master gardener program um, as a trainee, and I've been a master gardener since 2012. I'm also gone through the master food preserver program and have been a master food preserver since 2013. I'm in the California Rare Fruit Growers, and uh, we've also started Inland Empire, um, Healthy Inland Empire, or Non-Toxic Inland, Inland Empire. Uh, on, on Facebook. Work, yes, working towards um, talking to schools and municipalities about not using um, herbicides, the, the, um, the really toxic herbicides, and um, pesticides on the grass and turf that our children and pets walk on and roll on and play in. And uh, lately we've just 
moved to a new property, moved from a small house in Riverside to four and a half acres out near Hemet in a place called Homeland. So this has been a great adventure. We've been here since June last last summer. Great thing to do during the COVID lockdown. <laughs> yeah, good timing there, Christine. <laughs> yes. Well, I just learned a bunch of things about you that I didn't know. <laughs> that was a uh, that was pretty exciting. And um, uh, shoot, I was going to say something, and now, now I forgot it. But anyway, okay. Well, um, you know, I wanted to. We're going to get on to some of the other things with Christine, but she's. We always have a great time uh, going over like things that are happening in the news as well, and I like to get Christine's feedback on what she thinks about it. So I have just a few things, a little in the news section here, where uh, some things that have, you know, new studies, things like that, that are coming up that relate to our health and our environment. And, you know, there are so many things that are actually relating to our health. We've had great discussions lately on the new opportunities to start training for a well-paying job, much better than you're getting right now using our local junior college. And the reason that's important, because there's no doubt the more money you're making, the healthier you're going to be. We know that, that the people that are in a higher income bracket live longer, for one, and get less sick, because they can afford the healthy, healthier foods and, uh, you know, more you know, more, putting more attention to themselves. So let's, um, let's all strive for that. Let's, let's say. They the, also live in areas that aren't so, um, you know, attacked by toxins and pollutants in the air. Um, that's an, that's an excellent, because we know that air pollution kills in a major way. And it so tricks. Yeah, yeah, the lower, lower, um, cost properties are closer to the big freeways or the railroad tracks, so they get a lot more of that pollution. Exactly. They can also be close to incinerators for trash mm -hmm. and other um, industries. Or chemical, chemical plants. Yes, chemical plants and things like different, that. Different things that have a, a downstream of uh, chemical pollutants. And I like that you said that, Christine, because you pointed out something that people can be control of. You know, not everybody, uh, but you can choose where you're going to live. And you can look out for the things that Christine mentioned right there. And if you see that that's where you're, you know, you're located, then maybe you want to rethink it. So, um, okay, well, we have um, right now uh, over in the, see, well, let's go ahead and start with the, something local here, which are, is our salt and sea. And the reason I'm saying this is this story came out about our local salt and sea here. The same day, another story came out about the Dead Sea. Now, the Dead Sea, of course, is, is that Jordan or Israel? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I think it's uh, maybe Jordan. But anyway, the Dead Sea is dying. In Jordan, Drinking water is scarce. Oh, yeah, it's right here. Jordan faces a climate crisis. So we're actually the second biggest polluter in the world after China. So what we're doing here is actually affecting other countries around the world. We're experiencing climate crisis in, this, in our country, but maybe Jordan isn't a really big polluter, but they're over there 
experiencing climate crisis because of what we're doing and what China's doing and the other big polluters. So this, this is obviously uh, an epidemic because our Salton Sea is drying up. And as it dries up, it becomes more concentrated. And are you familiar with the kind of things that um, end up in the Salton Sea, Christine? Well, there's a lot of agricultural products that are used in the um, you know, surrounding areas. And those have been washed into the canals that go into the Salton Sea. So you have a lot of the synthetic fertilizers and pesticide residues in there, um, as well as natural salt buildups. I, I don't know what all else might be in there, but um, and I know as it dries up, that then the um, the dry acreage left behind, when the wind comes up, it it blows that up into the air, into the atmosphere, and it's really affecting people's. Uh, you know, breathing in the area. Well, there's 650,000 people that actually live near there, and 400 species of migratory birds that will land in the Salton Sea. Oh, it's an important, um, you know, flyway area for the birds. As we have developed so many other, there's been so many um, uh, wetlands that we've lost in California that were important to the migratory birds that what's left is all the more important. And Why, why are those do. waterways um, important, do you know? Well, as the, as the birds are migrating, they need a place to rest. They need a place to, you know... Find food. You know, find food um, out of the water or the insects or the, you know, the, the habitat close to the waterway there. Well, a lot of the migratory birds are, are wetland species. Well, you know, and ducks and geese and such. And speaking of birds, um, there was something else that came out today about about birds besides the salt and sea drying up and putting those birds at risk because there are there are actually toxic lakes um, other places in the country, and we have had rare migratory birds land in these toxic lakes, and it literally kills them all. And we don't want the Salton Sea to end up like that either. But again, this is all related to climate crisis. And another- I used to work for um, California Fish and Game uh -huh. as a seasonal aid. This is 25, 30 years ago. Um, but there was one time we had to go out to a lake. There was, a, um, a, I think it was botulism, avian botulism. And there was, you know, the ducks there that were all getting sick, and we had to put them down. We put on our waders, went out there, and, and just basically had to break their necks of each um, duck. Um, so that happens a lot of, you know, that they'll get into, um, you know, polluted waters and get very sick. Wow. And, you know, you mentioned earlier about the air pollution, that the salt and sea, that the, the toxins in the sea are becoming airborne and spreading to the area where these 650,000 people live. And, I mean, so many things are affected by uh, even like heart conditions, but asthma, breathing problems, it, it shortens your life uh, being exposed to air pollution. It's extremely toxic. But guess what, everyone? If we transition to green energy and get rid of oil... What's going to happen is that green energy doesn't make air pollution. 
okay? So this whole air pollution problem that costs us billions of dollars each year because of all the environment that is ruined in the process, that goes away. And the costs that we would normally be spending on air pollution, instead, we can spend it on transitioning to green energy. And some, uh, I really want to um, congratulate Washington. Uh, they just came out and said that they are going to not allow any, any new gas cars to be sold in their state by 2030. That's five years earlier than California that has set the goal for as 2035. No more gas cars. And people like GM have stopped making gas cars. They're not going to make gas cars anymore. That's going to be it. They're building like crazy plants right now to make all electric cars. Mercedes. So we need to get the infrastructure for having the batteries or the um, ways of recharging your electric car quickly, either something where it's a, a you know, quick charge or where they swap out a battery. We have, we have a um, Chevy Volt. Oh, yeah, Volt you've been experienced, yeah. And so this is a hybrid, we, it's a um, plug-in hybrid. So um, with a full electrical charge, this is a 2013, it, got, it gets 36 miles um, of, of, you know, travel before it switches over to the gas engine. So as long as we're staying fairly local, we can, you know, for weeks on end not have to buy any gas. But then if we need to go farther, we've got the gas there. And for some, I don't understand, Chevrolet, like two two years ago, I think, um, stopped making the Volt. They had the Volt with a B. That's their electric car. But until we got this system in place, you know, you can't go for long distances. You know, if I need to drive up to, you know, Northern California for something, I can't do that. You know, if I had an all-electric vehicle. Right, I would have to stop periodically and let it charge overnight and then go further. Well, um, you know, the, I, I agree. And I, what it, something I was wondering is I've heard complaints that say, oh, we're not going to be able to, <coughs> excuse me, um, supply all the electricity. But if we set up an infrastructure that includes more green energy, I would think that we would be able to handle it. And as well as like, you know, building the, the, the charging station. But that is what you just mentioned, uh, Christine, is one of the things in Biden's infrastructure plan that when we put people to work, that's one of the things we're going to be putting them to work doing is building the infrastructure for that. Yeah, hopefully they'll come up with the answers for that. You know, we need to set the goal and then hopefully they'll come up with the answers before we get to the goal. Yeah, exactly. My, my point is having the, the plug-in hybrids, at least I have the best of both worlds. And if more people had those, then they would be getting used to the idea of electric, you know, more transitioning over until we get more of the systems in place for fully electric vehicles. I'm all for it. You know, we just aren't there yet. Well, and, and like oil has dropped to like $10 a barrel from like 50 or something like that. But see, this is the problem. 
like what just came out in, in the news as well is um, a failure on so many levels because in this um, Permian, Permian uh, Basin in Texas and New Mexico, they have already identified 7,000 abandoned wells that were once operated by 1,000 companies. State officials estimate this will cost $335 million to plug these 7,000 wells. And they define these wells as orphaned because they have no approved operator on record and they haven't produced in at least a year. However, a healthy chunk of roughly 100,000 idled wells in these states could also eventually end up abandoned. I mean, that is like mind-blowing, 100,000 that we have idled. Why? Because of COVID and the fact that we're, tra we're transitioning to organic and making oil obsolete. So, and we have banks like Chase and JP Morgan that are investing billions of dollars in oil, which is totally absurd and a waste of money. And we need to be taking our money out of those banks and sending the message, we're not, we're not doing business business with you if you're going to invest in oil and bring this planet down in the process of that's how you want to make money. So, um, you know, this is really a, a serious issue. And this is, again, falls under that umbrella of infrastructure. Biden knows we have to do this. And these wells are polluters, big time polluters. While the well is just sitting there, they're supposed to cap it. But this one couple that have a bunch of these dead wells on their land said that one of them was leaking oil and water into a massive area uh, in the pasture, you know, where the animals come. And they're going to be tra traipsing around in that stuff. And then the whole, uh, we mentioned last week, there's um, the... The Devil Has a Name or something like that, a really good movie about the almond groves and how they're taking these uh, wells in California. And for every one gallon of oil, it takes three to five gallons of water that you end up with that is contaminated with chemicals and oil. And they're taking that contaminated water and irrigating the almond groves and other crops with this water that's coming from pumping oil. And it was like doing horrible things to the water supply and the, you know, the almonds. I, I've been telling people don't buy this non-organic almond milk because they're used the worst pesticides and then these irrigation practices. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I mean, who wants to eat this stuff? It's just, it just blows me away. So we're going to, uh, we're going to take a little break, everyone. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Christine. And we have lots more very interesting topics to discuss here. So stay with us. Would you like your family to have access to the best quality farm fresh organic food you can buy at affordable prices and discount shipping? Even better, it comes from an Amish farm that humanely raises its grass-fed meat and is free of chemicals, poisons, soy, corn, and GMOs. Picture your dairy products unlike any you've had before because you get the pure form with a full dose of omega-3s and at half the cost we're currently paying. I'm Elaine McFadden, host of Smart Health Talk Radio Show and a registered dietitian here to tell you these nutrient-dense foods will satisfy your hunger. The Redlands Amos Miller Organic Buying Club director, she started the group to heal her sick child. She needed access to untainted food that gave her son's body what it needed to be strong again, and you can too. Ready to get started? Go to AmosMillerOrganicFarm.com and start shopping, and then email our local group at OrganicFoodInRedlands at Yahoo.com. If you love gardening, beautiful flowers, helping butterflies, bees, and other beneficial insects and birds, then you need to come to the Blue Monarch Project Organic Plant Sale, where you can purchase plants free of pesticides that kill butterflies and bees. Plants sold at most home improvement stores or nurseries are sprayed with pesticides that stay in the plant for months and kill at extremely small doses. Our Inland Empire used to be home to millions of monarch butterflies, but pesticide use has practically wiped them out. We know these same pesticides can be cancer-causing to us. So when we help the monarchs, we're also helping many other important living things in our community, including our families. KCA Smart Health Talk and Blue Monarch Project hope to bring the monarch butterflies back to the Inland Empire. Last year, Blue Monarch Project started raising and releasing hundreds of monarchs in the Loma Linda area, so we hope they'll come back. But if others don't plant butterfly weed, they'll starve even if the caterpillars are born. They need the butterfly milkweed to survive. That is what is so awesome about our organic plant sale. We will have multiple butterfly weed varieties to choose from that are native to our area and they're all drought resistant. Great prices, beautiful, healthy, pesticide-free plants, and an opportunity to bring back the monarch butterfly together. Pre-orders get a discount and ensures you get everything you want. So go to BlueMonarchProject.com to order and look at what we're going to have at the sale and see you there. Welcome back to Smart Health Talk with your host, Elaine McFadden. Well, I hope you'll go and check out Amos Miller Organic Farm and join our co-op. Uh, that's my, that, I, my life has changed since I've been eating that food. That's all I have to say. 
on that. But um, also, same, same here. Oh yeah, that's right. Christine, Christine's a member too. Um, you know, we mentioned the monarch butterflies. But I have another campaign that I'm going to be starting as well, and that is to bring back the tarantula hawk wasp. And I know oh, Christi they're beautiful. Christine and I have, have talked about them before. And you know what I loved about the, that wasp? That it, well, the fact that it's two inches long and has a blue-black body with the brightest orange wings you ever saw totally freaked me out when I saw it for the first time. <laughs> I was like, what the heck is that thing? And um, what I liked about it is that it didn't care about me whatsoever. Like those little small wasps, those things scare me because they hide and, you know, they would like have no problem stinging me. But that, that sting from that wasp is one of the worst on the planet. But the thing is, they could care less about us. They're not interested in us. It would be only someone that like totally made it sting them, which I saw on the internet before. Um, but they are, um, they're just interested in one thing, and that's tarantulas. <laughs> because tarantulas is where they lay their young. And it's just like totally bizarre. But Christine, when I had, had a talk with her before, and you can explain this, Christine, told me that when you were growing up here, that there were lots of these wasps flying around everywhere. Oh, yeah. I grew up in Riverside and Chino area, and uh, I would see them, you know, uh, quite often, especially during the summer. Um, and they weren't a yeah. threat, right? Not like the murder hornets. <laughs> oh, they never scared me, no. Um I mean, I'm not scared of, I haven't been scared of any insects anyway, but um, I've never been stung by them. I've been stung by bees, you know, accidentally stepping on them. And and um, I don't think a hornet's ever gotten me. Uh, but I've, had, yeah, a, I've had a wasp and ants get me both. <laughs> yeah, the, um, yeah, the... Um, but it's being stupid. Tarantula hawks, um, I think they're also called pepsis wasps. Um, you know, they, they live in more drier areas, Um you know, more deserty or sage scrub. Um, I've seen them, you know, all over. I had seen them all well, over. Well, the canyons right here. You know, we have in Redlands yeah. and Loma Linda, we have the Ritchie Canyon and uh, um, what's the other one? Um, shoot, I can't think of it now. I keep, I know it's, I know it starts with a T. Santa Mateo. Yeah, I knew there was a T there somewhere. And there's Sycamore Canyon Regional Park in Riverside and Fox Springs Hills, um, you know, Pigeon Pass, that area. So, yeah, those the drier kind of canyons. Um, and I've hiked all over, you know, San, Santa Ana Mountains and the um, lower San Gabriels. Um, but, yeah, lately, the last couple of decades, I, I don't see them much. I, I remember seeing one, um, I, I think twice, it may have been the same one, over at the um, Sherman Indian High School when I was helping with the gardens over there. So that was in, you know, Riverside proper. Um, but other than that, I've seen I've seen them out in Joshua Tree, you know, more recently. Well, they I came know. they came in my yard in Loma Linda because I have milkweed. See, and yeah. that's one of the reasons I thought because first of all, they're super cool, and so I want to make I want to make T-shirts with the, you know, to bring back the the tarantula um, hawk wasp 
um, and try and sell those to raise money because the thing, if we could get like areas even, like you were just mentioning those other parks where we make it like really conducive for um, the tarantula hawk, we could have people that would want to come and watch them even. Uh, but we, you know, they have to have tarantulas. So, you know. Should we tell them what they do? <laughs> yeah, tell them what they do. Tell them what they do, Christine. I mean, it's, it's kind of um, bittersweet because I like tarantulas a lot, too. But these hawks, um, the, the, the wasp, not a hawk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the wasp um, lays its eggs. It, they sting the tarantula and lay their eggs in the tarantula. Um, when they sting it, they actually give it, I guess, a neurotoxin. They, they, um, it paralyzes the tarantula, and it stays alive, but it can't move. And then the eggs actually hatch out inside the, tra- the tarantula, and then slowly eating it their way through, they'll eat the less vital things or just the fat stores and such first. And it stays alive, so it's like keeping a fresh food source for the baby tarantula hawk wasp until they eventually, um, you know, pupate and then metamorphose and, and emerge out of Cause the... Because the tarantula is alive By that still. time, it's long gone. But I remember, um, when I was in school, high school even, we would have the tarantulas that were paralyzed, and you could put one upside down, but when you'd come back in the morning it would be right side up. So they were still had some movement that they could, you know, move with. But, um, yeah, the, yeah. I, actually there's a video of one of these wasps, um, drag it, it was, it's stinging and paralyzing the tarantula and then it's dragging it. And this little time, you know, I mean, when you see the wasp compared to the tarantula, it's unbelievable how this wasp can actually drag an entire tarantula spider. The, yeah. I mean, the size comparison is, is just like mind-blowing. The fact that it's actually moving this spider into a burrow, I guess, that it makes like a little hole, and it goes and dry. I, ho- I was hoping it was the burrow was close by from the video I was watching. I'm thinking, how far is he going to have to drag this spider? But I, it, it's just so amazing to watch. And I'm like you. I like tarantulas too. But, you know, th- this is nature. But if we have a system where we're not spraying pesticides and we're allowing things to thrive um, like they, they do under those conditions, if, as long as there's enough water, of course, um, then we would have more tarantulas too. Well, what is your proposed campaign to bring these back what would that involve well i, I want to start with a t-shirt in general is, is is helping provide more habitat um, well well they they like milkweed too so i thought by helping the wasp we're actually helping the monarchs too because they like milkweed are they are they nectaring from the milkweed yes yes that's what they get they, fact, they're i i went i just went to wikipedia and the picture there is of a pepsis wasp on a milkweed flower. Yes. And so I thought, you know, by helping the wasps, because the wasps, wasp are kind of like, kind of, you know, the horn with the hornets and everything. I thought the wasp would be kind of cool, you know, for kids. And, and actually, it's the state insect for New Me- Mexico. 
They oh, chose, really? yeah, they chose that as the stat. That's how cool these wasp are, everyone. Well, I was, I was going to say, I think the la- other than the one I saw at Sherman Indian High School, before that, the one I'd seen had been when we visited Carlsbad Cavern, which is in New Mexico. Well, I thought clubs, I, I you know. I saw a couple there. I thought we could have clubs um, at some of the schools. Maybe they could have a club. But I thought, you know, this could be an opportunity that we could, you know, uh, in an effort to bring back the wasp, we could start to educate people and kids especially on how, on how to conduct themselves around um, a wasp like that that's two inches long <laughs> um, and other insects because I feel like because we've wiped them out so much, kids aren't being exposed to lots of bees or lots of wasps and these different insects and they're developing a fear and, and parents are putting fears uh, to these because I had a beekeeper. He was shut down for a year just because his bees ended up in a neighbor's pool. And the, the woman was freaked out, you know, that her kids were going to be hurt. I mean, this is, that's too far. And we, there's no reason that we can't live symbionically with insects. And that's what we need to be working towards, right? We need to be working towards, the, oh, go ahead. When wasps are out, foraging on the flowers nectarine they're not at all interested in you no that's what i noticed when it was in my yard that they get more aggressive which then it's a protective thing for their nest their hive yeah i just think that there there's something that could really get kids excited about insects and you know then we could we could take that and kind of start teaching kids more about insects and if you see this insect you know, how should you behave? Well, first of all, you know, yeah, maybe you want to look at it, but you don't want to be over there trying to take a selfie with it. You know, you want to keep a certain distance and there's just certain kind of behaviors that we need to show respect. We want to enjoy the insect and observe it, but we don't want to, you know, put ourselves at risk. And, um, you know, we don't want to, you know, get in the middle of what it's trying to do and just let it do its thing, right? So um, well, I just, that's, go ahead. That should be standard for any wildlife. Um, too many times we see the cute and furry little chipmunk or we want to feed them. And that's the worst thing we should do. We should leave them, you know, we should observe them from afar and leave them do their, their little, you know, private life. Um, not get them used to being around people because that's one of the worst things for wildlife is where they lose their fear of people. Well, I was really glad that something came out that said, uh, your bird feeder is canceled. Attract birds with these 13 native plants instead of, you know, giving them the seed, which is probably coated with pesticide. And also the hummingbird feeders. I long ago realized, because I kept reading about how you had to keep changing the syrup inside the hummingbird feeder or this fungus would be growing that would infect the hummingbird's mouth. And I thought, you know, as, as diligent as I was trying to be, I didn't think I was being careful enough. So I just worked on, excuse me, um, more, more plants that offer the, the, the tube flowers and the things that they like. And they, but I guess one of the things that, one of the other things that happened, Christine, is that there, a bunch of these songbirds were being killed because of a salmonella outbreak this winter with the seeds. And 
I Not know. Quality seed. Yeah, Scott's, which is a company I never want to buy any of their products again, were spraying pesticide on the bird seed because they don't want the rats to eat it in the warehouse. And so millions of birds died because they did that and they were fined a whole $2 million. Well, now, because they're dewy, the way they grow the seed, the way they store the seed and putting all these pesticides on it, I'm not surprised that you know, a negative uh, bacteria or virus would grow or fungus would grow on these seeds because they've been so compromised. Um, and they're not... Aflatoxin, yeah. Yeah, and they're not strong. So they're, you know, that, that was really good advice, uh, Christine, you know, just to... And that's what we want to do. We want to plant more native plants because that's what brings... Uh, the variety of birds and insects, and that's that's how we turn our yards into a park. So children, I, have, I have one book called Birdscaping Your Garden um, by George Adams. Another one, Attracting Birds to Your Backyard. So these books give lists of plants that will help attract the birds. For our area, one of the best plants I was looking through the list is elderberry. So many different birds use the elderberry, as well as we can use the elderberry, too, for, um, for our immune system. Syrup. So I, have, I have recently bought um, six elderberries um, and planted them here on my property. And I have, um, I, I took cuttings of several also, so I'm trying to propagate the gut cuttings to get them going. But Toyon, Manzanitas, Yanothus, all these are also drought-tolerant native to this area. And they're I, all very good for the wildlife. I love that. Um, how do you say it? Manz oh, Manzanita. I love that. And that little apple. I love the, the I love the wood on the manzanita. My mother used yes. to um, at Christmas time take a piece of manzanita and put angel hair on it, and then put like bulbs and stuff on it to decorate it. It, it looked really pretty. Also, sugar bush, um, Russovata is the scientific name. Is um, very useful for uh, wildlife. Again, it's a drought tolerant native, um, a big shrub, and lemonade berry, which is Roost integrifolia, too, is another one. So, if you go to some of the nurseries um, that provide um, native plantings, Tree of Life Nursery in San Juan Capistrano is really good. There's Musa Creek, M O O S A. They're down, I think, in El Cajon, but they will. You can order online from them, and they'll send them, um, ship the plants to a nursery closer to you. And then Parkview and Riverside, they have a lot of native plantings they'll provide. Um, Las Palitas, they're now, they had one down in um, Escondido, but that one closed. But they have one in this, um, so I think near San Luis Obispo. But again, you can order from them online. And Las Palitas has so much information on their website, you know, about how the plants work with the the native animals and the pollinators and stuff. Uh, also, the the um, the water district um, over in is it Monrovia or um, what's that one city where they you go to the water district? Oh, where, the Chino Basin Water Conservation District, where Amanda um, had the meeting. Um, yeah, it's now got a new name, and I don't remember what oh, it is. Oh, okay. Because every time I it's, call it's there, they haven't been there. Um, but yeah, they, they have a whole section, and why do they have, and then I started thinking, well, why do they have that? Well, they have that, the water district, 
because when you plant these plants, you save water, right? That's why they're promoting it. So I'll keep mentioning all these are drought tolerant natives, yes, but the, so many of the drought tolerant, so many of the natives that work for the wildlife and the pollinators are drought tolerant. Also, um, another thing I was of interest in because I live in a high fire hazard zone here at their new property is plants that are fire resistant, and most of these plants were also fire resistant. Oh, fire resistant. That's that's good to know. I mean, that's what I was looking for plants that were pollinator friendly, wildlife friendly, drought tolerant, native and fire resistant. And most most of these had all those properties. Well, I'm going to throw this in just because it was in the news again and we actually reported on this in the past. Environmentalists are up in arms because they don't want the they don't want the forestry thinning out the trees in the forest. But from what I learned that since we have been, um, since we implemented this uh, main stopping fires, because before what happened, there was a lot of natural fires from lightning. There was cultural fire from Indians burning. So we're low intensity. Yeah, low intensity. Built up. Right. And because we stopped all these fires, all this stuff is built up on the floor and it burns hotter and it destroys like you were saying some of these can be fire resistant but when you have all this material creating these super hot fires and another thing that i i did not want to believe this christine but this ranger was explaining that because we haven't been had this natural burning that the forests are getting more and more dense and that's bad because it's, it's not allowing new trees to be able to grow for one thing, but it's actually sucking up more groundwater because yes. we have the more mature, trees. The mature forest actually supports less, less other life. It's the growing forest that provides more food. Oh, I love how you said that. For a lot of other wildlife, a, a much larger ecosystem. Once it gets mature, it, it kind of stops all that system. So sometimes the environmentalists get it wrong. <laughs> well, we're all learning. Yeah, we, we are learning, but we have Fire to... Fire Authority um, for 23 years as their mapping specialist. And I was there um, in, um, I forget the year, it was in the late 80s or early 90s. They had this big fire in Laguna Beach that burned over 300 houses. And it started oh, yeah. in Emerald Canyon. Um, it started because uh, that we had, you know, our we had a wildland urban specialist who would work with these areas to try to get prescribed burns, which were a controlled burn. So when you would do the the control burn, which would be on a cool day when it wouldn't get out of hand, and you would try to burn all that extra fuel up and get. And once you have after a fire a lot of that renewal process is a lot more younger plants, and it actually, like I said, supports more ecosystem, more the environment. So he was, the, the local authorities didn't want to, plus the fact that there was some protected, um, I forget, the spotted, some bird or some lizard. There was a couple of things that were protected, um, and um, so they were prevented from doing the prescribed burn. So instead, the fire got started and um, wiped out, the, that whole system, and he took me out there later to show me places where the prickly pear, you know, clumps of prickly pear cactus had totally burned up so that there was just this 
white glaze on the soil like glass that had gotten so hot that the soil turned to glass and totally burned up the cactus. And I, it was areas I was, I'd been out there mapping with him earlier, so I knew those areas. And just, you know, something that burns up prickly pear cactus is just incredible. Well, it's so upsetting when you learn that that, that fire retardant that they spray on the fires that's red is full of PFAS forever chemicals. Yeah. And so we're, we're you know, because of climate change, now we have all these fires, and now we're forced to use this, the best thing in our toolbox for putting them out, which is this, you know, the, the PFASs do stop oxygen from forming and stop the fire. But in the meantime, we're polluting all our forests with these forever chemicals that are going to get into the, the plants and the, and the animals and that kind of a thing. And it's just, it, it's, not, it's not a good thing. So that's why we need to be taking all the steps to like, because we're going to be looking at, this year is another drought. This, this is going to be another bad fire season. And I just hope people learn from the mistakes made last year in the baby sex reveal, you know, that fire caused. Because people are out there, you know, with something that is going to, in grass, that's going to cause a fire. So we all have to be really diligent about Nothing, nothing like that. And um, let's see what else I was going to ask I've, you. I've been trying to research the plants that are cro cropping up on my property here, the wild plants for the volunteers. And amongst the, what people would call weeds or the wild plants, there's fiddleneck, which is, that one's a good plant for pollinators, but unfortunately it's toxic to livestock and I want to get some goats. So with mixed feelings, I'm pulling all the fiddleneck. And then there's wild mustard. And um, which I can feed to my chickens. And then this other plant that took me a while to, to identify it, but it's called stinknet. It's um, also called globe chamomile. And this plant, it says the goats will not, it's not toxic to the goats, but they will not eat it. And it also um, will dry and be a fire hazard. But So we're um, weed whacking all that. But um, yeah, I want to get, um, get a couple of goats and let them do some brush clearance. About half of my property is kind of wild and, and not really usable. So, you know, a, a, a steep slope. But Well, there were some states, the there were some states like Idaho that was actually bringing in goats to clear areas uh, that were owned, you know, like by the, the um, highway. So like our can Caltrans, uh, that equivalent in Idaho. So like state or county owned property. And what was so great is after you do the goats over a period of even a, a few years, because of how they eat, uh, they eat it down so that the seeds um, are not, you know, getting into the soil either. If, so, if you move them through quickly, you need to rotate them every day to a new area, not let them overgraze a certain, actually browse. They um, sheep graze, but goats browse. They eat a little higher. They don't eat down low. But but the bottom line, what they found was because of the goat, what happened was after a few years, because of, they're eating the seeds too, that the weeds in that are eventually not getting as bad because the goats have stopped the spread of all those weeds. So That's why I was hoping with weed whacking this uh, stink net before it goes to seed, 
I know it'll take me several years because there's enough seed in the soil, you know, in the seed bank. But eventually maybe let the more natural native um, plants and grasses take over. Well, I have these one that just like popped up in my yard and they have like green leaves, but these really cute little yellow flowers. And it looks like, you know, first of all, I thought, is this a weed? But then it had all these really pretty yellow flowers. Are, are succu what are succulents categorized? Is that like considered a native plant? And is that good for, are succulents good for birds and insects? The term succulent is a very broad um, broad term. It just means something that is, you know, got, is kind of juicy inside um, with that leaves. And you've got, you know, our native cactus or succulents, but then there's the euphorbs from um, Africa that are not native. Um, so it all depends that that's hard to, to, you know, categorize that. Um, cause some of the flowers from succulents, the hummingbirds like, like aloe, um, oh, aloe is wonderful. Yeah. For the hummingbirds like that. Yeah. And that's not a native. Oh, it isn't a native. That's from Africa. Oh, okay. Well, I was happy that Mexico, I don't know if you heard, but they're, um, they're stopping like with the. GMOs over there. Um, they also Mexico legalized marijuana. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's like pretty friggin' awesome. <laughs> that the whole, I mean, all, all the cartels are like, what the heck? <laughs> I guess that the the cartels, their like warehouses are full and they should be empty because like <laughs> people don't have to buy from the cartel anymore. New Mexico actually also legalized marijuana, so. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty cool too. And um, let me let me put a quick. Um, oh yeah, we only have like can, one minute left. So if there's anything you want to say, people want to help um, grow plants in their yard and don't know what to grow. If you go to pollinator.org, and they have planting regional planting guides, and you can just put your zip code in there, and they will give you a list of good plants for your area. Oh, I love that pollinator friendly native. Thanks, Christine. That was great. Well, we didn't get to some of the other things that you want to get to, so maybe I'll have to come back. <laughs> but um, that was, um, thank you so much for your time today, Christine. This was like very enlightening. You taught me so many different things. I got to learn new things about you. <laughs> so um, I just want to thank everyone for tuning in. I'm your host, Elaine McFadden. I, uh, I, want to say you can find our podcast but never mind um anyway uh, i just hope that you'll um, join us again next week thursday at three o'clock and uh you know we're on uh 102.3 kcaa loma linda 10:50 a.m 106.5 fm and now 102.3 fm great